Welcome to the Dietitian Success Podcast. Here at Dietitian Success Center, we're all about making it easier for you to build your confidence and expertise. So whether you're a dietitian or a dietetic student, we've got something for you. I'm Krista, your host and the founder of DSC. Now, are you ready to ditch the imposter syndrome and join our incredible, vibrant community? If so, let's jump in. Today, I am sitting down with Katie Jessup, an incredible registered dietitian who works with athletes to fuel their performance. Katie has been a dietitian since 2004, and she recently pivoted her career from population health into sports nutrition as a private practice business owner. And so Katie is one of my business coaching clients. And today I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk a little bit about her journey of transitioning from one area of dietetic practice to something totally and completely different, because I know a lot of you are in the same position. You're working somewhere. You're not sure if it really fills you up and if you really want to be doing it long-term. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So Katie, feel free to say Hey to the audience and tell us a little bit about your story. Hi everyone. So nice to be with you, Krista. I'm really looking forward to our time today. Um, And I think the transition is such an interesting word. And when I think back on my career, there's been a lot of transitions and that's a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I was prepared when I became a dietitian for how many different things you could do within the world of dietetics. And I have been a little bit like someone with a large box of chocolates where I want to try all of them. Um, So I, you know, the, the point about, you know, not sure if something's filling you up, sometimes you don't know what something's going to be like until you try it. And so this most recent transition, I feel like was the last chocolate in the box. I wasn't sure if I wanted to try it. It seems scary. It seems spicy. And, um, I'm really, really glad I did. So looking forward to talking to you about it. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, and that whole idea of the career shift. And sometimes I think that we've talked about this before. There's so much imposter syndrome that comes into play, right? When we're shifting from one area of dietetics to something completely different. And I think it happens a lot with private practice too. Right. And so I want to know what did that look like for you? I think it starts with an idea, an idea of what if I was to try something different? What if I was to actually, you know, if I, you know, that magical uh, idea of like, if I woke up tomorrow and I was doing the perfect job, what would it be like? And it would be so scary that I couldn't even go there. Um, but for me, it was luckily um, Dietitians of Canada offering a course on sport nutrition. And I looked at it for probably a year and a half. Like it, you know, it went through and I had a good look at it and it was probably in Calgary or something. And I was like, that's too far away. I can't spend the money to go to Calgary all the way for my own career. It just seemed crazy. Um, and then when it came around again, it was closer to me. And I thought, you know, I, I thought about it for a year and a half. Um, and the fact that it didn't go away um, over that time, I, you know, spent more and more time kind of looking around sport and what sport nutrition meant. Um, so that when it finally came around again, I was probably the first person to sign up because I was really, really ready. Uh, I, it's kind of like, you know, dipping your toe in the water. So I spent four days learning about sport nutrition for, from some excellent sport dietitians from all over the world. And that just made it feel and seem so glamorous at the same time that you're also in a group of people who are also brand new to it. So that was really exciting because it allowed me to kind of 
you know, dip my toe in the water, try on that shoe a little bit and just see what the fit might be like and allow me to think about what would the alignment be with not only my current goals, but with my family life and, you know, where I lived in the world and what kind of sports were currently being um, serviced and which ones weren't. And um, I, yeah, it was just a, a great experience. It was such a great experience that I actually did that course twice. Um, mm as there was just so much content in there. And of course the research changes all the time. So that was kind of a nice, I would say like gentle opportunity for me to play around in an area where, you know, I, I wasn't making any income from and knew that I would have to start all, you know, all by myself. How does one even sport in, uh, start in sport nutrition, especially at a time when there wasn't a lot of sport nutrition in Canada. Uh, one of the things that we didn't spend a lot of time on in that four days was how does one start? Um, I, I just remember Jennifer Gibson, who I think, uh, anyway, she's an American dietitian originally from Canada. She said, you just go where the athletes go. And if they're in the steam room, then you go in the steam room. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Like if you're wearing a, a three-piece suit, you go in the steam room. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, I, I guess I, I could do that. Um, and at the time my children were, just getting old enough that I was able to start to leave them. So I was getting really into sport myself. And so I would say one of the nice things about sport nutrition is that it's really paralleled my own personal interests. Um, so what I learn, I'm able to apply to athletes and what I learn from athletes, I'm able to apply to myself. So there's definitely a little bit of imposter syndrome there because I don't have the genes to be an elite athlete, even though, and I'm not even sure I have the work ethic. Um, but it um, it just makes it really fun because I feel like every day I'm working with superstars and they probably don't feel like that. But I, I still like am a huge sport fan. Um, so that's part of it, too. Cool. And so when you took that course, that four day course at that point, were you thinking you were going to start a business or was it like maybe I could get employed in the area of sports nutrition? I definitely didn't think that I would be owning my own business. It was just too scary, just way too scary. So there was, um, I, I didn't really have a practical answer. I just knew that I was kind of being led because it was um, a, an interest of mine. Um, and I feel like I know a number of people in that same situation, uh, especially with regard to sport. Like, I just know I want to work in that area. Mm. Um and I've had other experiences where something looks really glamorous from the outside. And then when you start spending time in there, you realize it's not for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have that ex experience with sport at all. And I also found that the sport dietitian community was super supportive. And so how, how big of a gap was there between when you took that course and you actually decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a business. Quite a while. I would say I... I want to say there was probably a five-year gap. Mm. During that five-year gap, I was starting to work in sport. Um, and I had contracts with um, institutions that required sport. So in, in this case, it was universities. So universities mm -hmm. support. support. Um, but it was always like I would take the contract and I would spend all of my time very inefficiently um, spending time with athletes and trying to understand what they needed and what the larger um, institution required. But it was never, uh, I didn't really feel like it was my own business um, mm -hmm. because someone else's rules. And I was trying to learn, um, you know, all the red tape of a very large institution that had also a massive hierarchy with respect to education. Um, 
so I didn't really feel like that was the best fit, but it was certainly a great training ground for me in terms of understanding what was required of me, what the hours were like, um, what the, you know, even like every population, uh, the population of athletes is not homogenous. There's, you know, different age groups, different knowledge groups, um, different cultures within different sports. Um, so just kind of because I was responsible for 26 different sports, I was learning all the different nuances of that and was finding that some were, I was much more comfortable with some than with others. Mm. Um, and that was really helpful because it allowed me when I started to think about the idea of owning my own business, um, I kind of knew where I wanted to spend more time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just somewhere where I was naturally more comfortable. Mm. That's interesting. And, and so what has been so far, what has been the best part or some of the best parts about having your own practice? I find, um, and this is, I think quite often the case, um, finding my own voice has Mm. been and also the most thrilling for me. Um, it makes me feel like I have something to, to give to the athletes that maybe, you know, the next dietitian would be a little bit different. Um, and, you know, all of us are, we all practice slightly differently, even though we may have a similar background. And so I have found, yeah, I found my voice. And as a result, um, I think also it has something to do with um, my age versus the age of the athletes that I'm working with. But Um, I kind of feel a little bit like mother-like sometimes, but not overly so. And I feel like that's um, something I'm very comfortable with. Um, So that's been just amazing, um, finding my voice. And then finally, or not finally, but also steering my own boat. So Hmm. very dissimilar from when I was at the large institution where I had, you know, all sorts of big plans and ways that I thought that I could uh, interact with athletes. This time I can absolutely do those things. Um, I can try new things. I can see how they work. And I've found that, um, the athletes have really responded, uh, very well to that. Um, and that's just, you know, it's, it's felt really good. It's felt like I am, um, providing value and, um, you know, what I'm doing is worthwhile, mm. which, um, is that's the reason to wake up every day and keep doing the thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, yeah. I love what you said around finding your voice. I think that that's the beautiful thing about nutrition and what we do is you can define your own philosophy when it comes to this stuff and make it your own. And like you said, the way that you talk about something, the way that you describe something is going to be different than how somebody else does it purely just because of the experience you bring to the table, the stories you bring to the table, everything you bring to the table. So um, I love what you you said on that. And I think that that's really empowering. Um, and what I love about your business is that so far, most of the marketing that you've done has really been around relationship building and building connections with universities, with programs, with whatever. Um, and you're really just sort of scratching the surface when it comes to talking about online marketing and social media. So tell me more about that and how you sort of made those connections, how you've, how you've built up your practice so far. I think it's really helped to have um, a mentor. So when I think, you know, not an official mentor, it's not like I called someone up and said, will you be my mentor? And they said, yes. Um, It was more looking back at those first um, sport dietitians that I was dealing with. So every time I'm 
going to make a big change or do something that I'm a little uncomfortable with. Um, and I'm not sure how the sport community might feel about that or not even feel about that, but like how they might respond. Um, mm-hmm. I check back with them and just say, do you have any experience in this area? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has been helpful over the, the last number of years. Um, but also really looking back, not just to the first teams that I worked with, I would say the first teams that I worked with, I developed a great relationship with those coaches. Um, so I feel like even if I wasn't working with those teams, I would still have relationships with those coaches because they're just great people. Um, and so they were the people that kind of saw me grow and, um, are the ones that I, you know, still often start new programs with, um, because I, I know them, I know their philosophy, I know their, their athletes. And so they're not so much a test group as like ones that are open to ideas because we know each other so well. Um, and Also, I tend to really rely on my previous experience, not even within dietetics. Um, So previous to being in um, previous to being a dietitian, I was in sales. And so all the uh, knowledge I accrued through my sales experience, which was in food ingredients in the food industry, I can use that as again, like this is where I'm a little bit different. I know every single food ingredient. I know what it does. I can tell you if you pull a product off the shelf or, you know, if you buy a hot dog or something at Tim Hortons, I can tell you how it's made that way, why it's made that way. And therefore, like, how does that fit into um, someone's health? And that becomes really important around orthorexia, which is something that I would say a lot of athletes are really concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, taught that whatever it is they put in their body could have potentially very negative consequences, especially as we get into banned substances. So um, just uh, looking back at all the experiences I've had in my career and the fact that all of them, whatever they might be, even if they seem like not very valuable at the time, they all kind of inform um, what's, you know, what what you tend to use on a daily basis. Um, So I would say that bringing those experiences out as much as I can um, and also just maintaining the relationships that you have um, are really, really important, like more important than you would ever think. Um, mostly because they're fun. Like when Mm -hmm. you have known someone for five years or 10 years, you just have a much deeper relationship. You can kind of read each other's expressions, um, look back on, on old experiences or previous teams. And that all, um, allows you, for example, when I, um, one coach in particular, um, when I told her I was starting my own business, I was really excited to get her um, opinion. And when I told her, she was really, really supportive and like, fantastic. And it just made me feel like, okay, I'm even going, you know, not only do I feel like I need to go in this direction, but it's so great to have people around you who are also supporting that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I felt like I was building a bit of a community, but I didn't realize how important that would be. Um, and she has helped me further that community within the University of Toronto, um, as well as in a few different sport clinics as well. And so in starting my own business, I was able to kind of uh, go back to them and say, hey, I'm doing this new thing. And um, that has uh, allowed them to relay uh, athletes in towards me. And so that, that was kind of a nice surprise. It was something mm-hmm. I was expecting and uh, has really helped buttress those first few uncomfortable months of officially putting your shingle out and not knowing if anyone even knows you're alive. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And so do you think that 
Would you say that those relationships that you've built have been the best strategy that you use to get clients? Yes, I think so. And what's funny about that is that if I think back to my old sales tenants where they were, you know, like, absolutely, it's all about relationship building, I would have said, but I am not a relationship builder. I am a super outgoing extrovert who is remembering people's birthdays. And that's, that's not me. So it's really surprising to think that now I'm sitting here saying, yes, relationships are super important. And I think it's because those relationships come from the heart. Um, you're going to meet people in your life who you just, you know, have wonderful um, connections with and uh, want to stay in touch with regardless of what, it, what you end up doing. And so when you're all going in the same direction, then, um, then you all support each other. And I think that's an important lesson too, that it's, it's a, uh, the process of, of fostering relationships and deepening connections is a, is a, it's a journey and it's not something that you can just do once and expect that people will start throwing clients your way. It doesn't happen that right way, right? Like there's a level of trust that needs to be built between two people in order to facilitate that. And so what have been some of the, when we're thinking about just your business and running your business, what have been some of the biggest skills that you have learned so far looking back over the past six months? Um, I think the idea of being very, uh, I want to say like out or very just, I, you know, I put on the table the expectations of what the client can expect from me. And that is also the most terrifying part. Like, who am I and why am I different from the next dietitian? Um, if you ever go on health profs, for example, there's a very long list of dietitians and they're all listing all of their skills and all the letters past their names. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed with, well, how am I different if I am a client who's scrolling through all of these things, how am I going to pick? You know, is it something that they say? Is it the location? Is it their specialties? Um, and ultimately, you know, that's completely beyond my control. So all I can do is say, here's who I am. Um, and I don't necessarily need to know that I'm different from another dietitian as much as like, here are the, like, the things that I feel, you know, comfortable working on and uh, very similar to psychology dietitians don't necessarily always fit their clients perfectly the first time around. So um, the idea that, you know, we can try it out, we can have that discovery call, I think is really very comforting for both parties because you really get a sense of like, what am I getting into? Is it going to be okay? Or is this just not a good fit? Sometimes I'll have a discovery call with someone where I'll say, you know what, you're really interested in an area that is not my specialty. Mm -hmm. And I would like to refer you to another dietitian. And I, I think that that's also been super fun is kind of creating that network of dietitians that I can refer to and then they can refer to um, or other health professionals as well. Um, you know, whether it's uh, chiropractic or physiotherapy or um, or sport docs, that for me has been really important as well is to kind of establish who I am in that community and what my philosophy is. And that philosophy took a little bit of time for me to develop. And that was also part of just, you know, just scary in terms mm -hmm. of I am a sport dietitian that believes certain things that might be very, you know, I don't know if I would be a great fit for someone um, on a elite bike team because they are doing the very extreme things at the cost potentially of mental health, let's say. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd be comfortable there, but uh, that's okay because I'm not spending time there. Yeah. That's for else to do. Yeah, totally. That's the best thing is that you can sort of define those boundaries and those parameters for yourself, right? Which is really empowering. 
Um, and so for, for people who are, have been thinking about maybe working with a business coach, what do you feel like have been some of the benefits of working with a business coach versus trying to do it on your own? I could spend an extra hour on this very topic because it has been so, so, so important to me in terms of my confidence. And so Krista, I think about one of the first things you did when, when you and I got together was you sent me three books in the mail Mm. and I clung to those books like a teddy bear because they were so empowering just in terms of um, dealing with my, uh, you know, just my, my potential fears uh, about starting a business, obviously things like what if I fail? Um, how am I, how am I going to express who I am versus someone else? Um, there was all sorts of little tools in there that um, just gave me the confidence to take the next step. Um, and the other thing you and I did was we came up with some quotes, some personal quotes that, you know, were working for me. And I had to write those down in a little, um, on a sticky note, which are still on my fridge. And I can even say that now those aren't even relevant anymore. Like I've moved past them. Oh, love that. Some new quotes, but just, you know, taking those first few steps were really uncomfortable. And I felt like I needed someone to pull me a little bit towards the direction that I really wanted to go. And um, you did that in a very kind of soothing, um, soothing way where it was also very, um, you know, very obvious the direction that we were going. Like we kind of put together the steps and uh, it really didn't take long for me to get going. Mm. Um, which was surprising. I, it was surprising to me how quickly the whole thing came together. And there were many, many decisions that I had a very, that I had already tried to make on my own. For example, which website um, platform to use. And, um, you know, you could spend um, a number of, well, a lot of time trying to figure that out. But ultimately, it doesn't answer the question am I going to be good at owning my own business? Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like you've got to get this thing out of the way in order to, you know, it's, it's like a hurdle to jump over. So you made that jump much easier. Mm. And there were many, many of those. So uh, I actually don't think that I would own my own business if it weren't for you. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, I love that. that. Oh, that means so much to me. So thank you so much for saying all of that awesome stuff. Um, and thank you for joining me today. It's been so great to chat. I always love to talk to you and and um, hear things from your perspective. And so where can the audience find out more about you and the work that you do? Absolutely. So I have a website, www.katiejessup.com. My Instagram is Varsity Dietitian. All right. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Katie is just such a wealth of information. And I love how down to earth, open and vulnerable she has been with her entire journey. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure, and if you're thinking about starting a business, especially as we're heading into the new year, 2022, if 2022 is going to be the year that you finally, finally start working on that thing you've been thinking about working on for so long, then I encourage you to download my free business planning workbook. And it's a great place to get started and give you a bit of a step-by-step in terms of some of those 
things that you need to be thinking about in the very early stages. So just pop on over to my website, dietitiansuccesscenter.com and click on the freebie tab and you'll find the business planning workbook there or there's a link in the description below this podcast episode. Otherwise, have an awesome week and I will see you in 2022 with a fresh new batch of podcast episodes.